That's okay. Theoretically, the intro is kicking. It's probably not even working anyway. Well, we'll see what this does. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AreYouScreening.com podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, Look, uh, as that. much as we have technical difficulties going on, we're actually periscoping. So uh, yeah. if you're listening live, you can tune in on the periscope. We'll see if anybody tunes into that. That would be awesome. Hey, look, we got people. Uh, yeah, They're and joining. I don't know. There's too many things for me to pay attention to. So I'll people are going to, if right, people I'll actually watch. show yeah. up, they will, uh, they'll ask questions yeah. and I'll never know. And then we'll right. have the chat going here too. Yeah, we'll try to wrangle everything. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see if this works. We're doing uh, X-Men this week, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, right. and obviously, and it's a huge this thing. hilarious. What we need, a live audience too. We need just more things. No, I, I wanted to do this downtown <laughs> at uh, at the uh, I I think it would be awesome. place where they do the uh, sports sometimes at that restaurant. Right. I thought that would, that we, would be cool. We'd have like the little <laughs> glass window. That would be great, actually. Anyway, we're uh, on live with Periscope, and we're uh, kind of having some te- technical difficulties with that because now we've uh, we've thrown a kink into everything. Now it's, yeah. Now there's too much going on. Well, it's on almost to like to fix to. the problems, we had to put more... Right. So, well, well, yeah, because we didn't have enough problems right. already. Uh, anyway, now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be looking at you, and then every once in a yeah, while I'm gonna go, oh yeah, look, right. there's, yeah. there's something going on there. Anyway, uh, it's X Men, and you know, oddly enough, there's still not a lot of news. Uh, I, yeah. I want to cover news, and actually, we get emails every there's once no in a while. Um, if you're on Periscope, you can email us at uh, markiesman at areyouscreening.com, and um, you know, people ask us for news, and I swear to God, there's no news. The yeah. only news now is like Game of Thrones, right? Uh, James Bond, who is or isn't going to be James Bond. There's yeah. a, there's all kinds of James Bond people going on, right? Oh boy! But it's a uh, now. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm crossing the streams. Yeah, Here don't, we go. dude. Don't, Sorry, don't cross the streams. Uh, <clears throat> And now, even on like the Today Show this morning, it was like the secret news of who the new James Bond is going to be. Yeah. And uh, Sam Mendes apparently knows, but won't tell yet. Oh, right. So it's actually over, even though the last few days there's been all kinds of talk about should this person, should this person be the new James Bond, should that person. And apparently it's over. Right. Or Sam Mendes is just Just screwing everybody's chains. Right. He might just be screwing with everybody. Anyway. Um, and the other news is still kind of uh, Ghostbusters and yeah. the Ghostbusters trailer. And now awesome. Melissa McCarthy, who I have to call out. Yeah, I think this is the best part quite of quite frankly. Yeah, because, you know, she responded to the criticism of uh, the trailer right, and, and people it. hating the movie Both trailers. And uh, right. and her response was kind of like, I, I have this vision in my head of these people with no friends right. and nothing right. better to do than say things, than throw things out on the internet. And <laughs> right. And Which is insulting. And like, what is that? It's, like, it's I, wildly insulting to suggest that the reason that you might be critical of her work 
and participation in this project is because you're friendless. Right. Or or just that not you that you've got taste, just that you don't like something. Taste and anyway, right. style, nostalgia. Like it can't be anything else. It can't be that perhaps your project looks like total shit. Right. It's got bad words on Periscope. It it just you know <laughs> it's got to be that you're friendless and that you're right. in your mom's basement. And, there's uh yeah there's no, know, there's no reason something. to uh, not like the project in general. Right. Or the trailers. It's one thing if as soon as they announced it, you started bagging on it and said it was going to suck right. because it had women or it was just going right. to suck because it was a remake Before at all. You saw anything. Right. Yeah. And there was there right. there was nothing to go on. You didn't even know who was in it yet yeah. or anything like that. Just you hate I the idea. Actually, well, I don't like the idea in general. Yeah. As a general rule, I feel like leave it alone. If you want people to watch right. Ghostbusters, put it back out in theaters, right. maybe or uh you know what's really funny? You know, come I out think, with the new edition or something. I was talking with a friend of mine, and I said, I wish that they re-released the original Ghostbusters like a month after, or even in, just in the fall, like, and just watched <laughs> it crush the box office. Just, yeah. And just say, look, this is what you've done. Right. This is what actual this is movies why, right, are. This is what a real movie <laughs> box office looks like. Anyway, and, you know, I don't even mind if you are a, an actor or actress in a movie that is getting this kind of uh, weird internet feedback and you have some actual response, right. like, um, you know, even if you said, maybe you don't like the trailer, but there's lots of good stuff in here yeah. or, you know, you can't really get a f- good feel for it just on these little things or, or, or whatever, but it's good yeah. or what? I don't or, know. I don't know, but I mean, passable. it's odd because there's not a lot of defensive trailers. There's it's no. there's not a right historically you don't get people doing that anyway. There's right. like defense of the film, right? Which uh, you know that was actually something that was kind of news was uh, Jesse Eisenberg like defending his yeah. his role in Batman vs Superman and hoping for more. He's just right. trying to make sure that he gets in sure. like the next four or five yeah. movies Justice that yeah, yeah Justice League <laughs> nine or. Yeah whatever yeah right anyway but uh, i mean i could see that if there's something that you're defending and you're actually defending it but just to say look people it was bad enough when people said if you don't like it you're sexist right and 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 that's all you need to know that's bad enough but anyway um on to x-men because i can't i just i just (laughs) it just gets so annoying if she had made four or five good movies in the last uh well isn't it i mean we tell people this if you've listened before or if this is the first time like actually we both seem to like melissa mccarthy very well and think that she's talented and funny and genuine but her films and her choices the last several have been real pedantic and patronizing and just like it's it's weird because i feel like her her career has had this really weird trajectory Yeah, where, uh, you know, like I like Mike and Molly. I like the first couple seasons of it and it's funny and I haven't watched it a whole lot the last few years, but supposedly it's still funny, but it's weird because it's almost like bridesmaids came out and she got, she like instantly had this reputation for being like this huge comic genius Before anyone bothered to say, well, wait, what has she really done? Right. right. <laughs> I mean, she was in, she yeah. was in like a couple of things. Yeah. She didn't write them. Right. She didn't write Bridesmaids. No. She's just funny in it. Yeah. 
and and she's she is really good in that but you know it's weird because it's like you know you go back to Gilmore Girls and she was <laughs> yeah she was not exactly supposed to be hilarious right and the good thing about her was that you know she was really humble and yeah <laughs> and like a very different character than than anything that she's trying to be now and she's not you know you wouldn't imagine that straight out of Gilmore Girls, all of a sudden we'd have like Spy or Tammy, like right out of the gates. But she's in Bridesmaids and and all of a sudden she's got a reputation behind her, like as though she, you know, suddenly was like uh, Chevy Chase, you know, like years after Caddyshack and all these things or or like Bill Bill Murray after he'd made like, you know, three or four of the most popular comedies ever right and all of a sudden she had like that weird reputation and she was in movie after movie and they're all awful i mean (laughs) i mean that i i can't stand any of them anyway uh so you either like the new ghostbusters movie or you're a sexist or you have no friends right like it can't be (laughs) that's the part that's hard to take it can't be intellectually you can't can't just not like or and and i get you know there's a slippery slope there because i understand you know, if she were to say, you know, intellectually, you you're opposed to this film, well, then shouldn't you at least see it and make up your mind then? I'm like, uh, oh, sure, but no, I, I don't. <laughs> right. You know, I don't but, have to. But the I think the thing that's strange about it is that trailers are allowed okay. to have the general theory behind them as long as you think the movie will be good and want to go see it. Right. If you watch the trailer and think the movie will be good and want to go see it, then they go, that's the whole point of why there are trailers. If you watch a trailer and go, that looks like garbage and I don't ever want to see it, then that's not really what's happening. Yeah. Magically, that's not a thing. I don't know. Anyway, we're just uh, babbling for no reason. Just because we should throw politics into everything. I keep waiting for someone to write the paper, you know, the essay, which is, I'm not going to see Ghostbusters because it looks like crap. And this is why I'm voting against Hillary Clinton because there's the big women sexist thing. I'm telling you, it's coming out. It's out there. You're going to see it. Okay. You're going to see it. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, double reverse it backlash it's gonna be this double, where uh, it's gonna be this Trump wins because Ghostbusters came out. That's right. <laughs> You, you've read the thing I'm talking That'll, about. Exactly. I guarantee yeah. it'll show up. on. That's been out. Anyway, um, so X-Men, because why not get on to the yeah. X-Men? Um, because really, like I said, there isn't a lot of news. Last week, Game of Thrones, there was a lot of news. This week, nobody cared about Game of Thrones. I think the only news I saw that is actually like really news is there's another attempt to extradite Roman Polanski. Yeah. Which is the only thing that seems to be... I, I actually and just saw that too. Sooner or later... I wasn't, I wasn't even sure how serious a thing that was or if it, if it right. was just something internet people started saying right. again because tired. because mostly when that when that happens again it's really because somebody on the internet said it again right and somebody just, on the right. internet said how come this hasn't happened and yeah. then somebody goes well you know oh yeah right we, well, we should we, do that we should yeah. try to do that again yeah. anyway uh yeah that's uh and uh you know johnny depp and oh and that, that uh, amber heard yeah but that's not news that's just uh that's gossip. That's e news. That's good. We don't do the e news. That's right. Right. Uh, and they're one of our biggest sponsors, anyway. So we'll we, we love we'll, the e news. We'll talk but about we don't about do that. 
so the X-Men, first of all, uh, speaking of trailers, uh, I feel like the trailer for this movie is probably a fairly decent representation of it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that you don't want to go give away. Right. So you've only got so much of the film to work with to clip into your trailer. And given what you get in the trailers and all the yeah. TV spots, and there has actually been a fair amount, and they even you know gave away Wolverine right. before long. And uh, no one's on the Periscope now. We got one. There <laughs> There was like a bunch of people and then they and all then they, took they off. Uh, anyway, um, well, the, the one is just you, though. No, I'm off. <laughs> I think. Let's see who the one is. See, now I'm on. Now I'm two. Uh, great. Uh, anyway. Oh, it's you. Oh, no, it's, it's David. Not me. It's, it's David. Hi, David. <laughs> we got we to gotta respect who's there. All right. Uh, anyway, I wonder if uh, there's technical issues. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if like sound, co- there's sound is oh, yeah. actually making Maybe it to there. The microphone is on, but yeah. I don't know if, if anything is making it that far. You can um, hear anyway. Um, but yeah, I do think that uh, it's a pretty good representation and plus it's an X-Men movie. So right. it doesn't, it probably doesn't even I didn't really think matter that much. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything really misappropriated but it was interesting it was interesting to see the movie and then uh you know try and think back to the trailer and think there really is only so much you want right to show show. because a lot of it even though you you do get like the little clip of wolverine and they gave that away i thought that was that that worried which is fine to give away i was worried when they did it because i knew that they had said for a long time he wasn't going to be in this one right and i i didn't believe it Right. You know, I knew what I knew what right. was happening, but when they showed it, I thought it, it showed maybe a little insecurity, like they weren't as confident. So they know Wolverine will bring them in. So somebody so will show up it. just right. for that. And I so just why thought, not that do that? That might not be. That might not be. Now we're losing time. lights. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, anyway, so throwing out the ratings, right? Uh, you know, X Men movies are always a little tricky for me because I'm a big X Men fan. Yeah, me too. And I'm a big comic book fan, but um, X Men is really the comic that I read. It's the only comic that you stayed with. Really, I I got all the time for a while, and it was really kind of you know the early college. I started uh, reading some comics and stuff, and there were a bunch of them that I would like get one of right one or two here and there and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, the weird thing, uh, before I just throw out a rating, the weird thing about this one was at the end of this movie, all, the main thought, right, like the instant reaction that I had yeah. was that I wanted to read like the 30 comics that they stripped down <laughs> they and made into this movie. Yeah. I mean, not that that's even a real thing, no, but, but, I know what you mean. but I wanted somebody to like turn this into like a giant you know, thing where we would actually talk about the stuff that happened, or you'd actually get to see some, some stuff other than, uh, you know, a fight scene or Wolverine coming in to just slaughter people. And, and that scene, speaking of Wolverine was such a weird thing too. It was, Mm -hmm. it was so, it felt like not only another movie, but it felt like another franchise. Like it didn't even feel yeah. like a Wolverine movie either. It felt like we were going a whole other way because it was, it, it was like how, how gruesome can we suddenly be? Yeah. And, and so much of the movie, even people are dying, even in kind of cool ways. Right. And yet it's still, 
you know, practically PG about it. Like people would get their <laughs> heads cut off, right? But you'd be like, oh, look, that was a cool effect, or yeah, you know, you, would, Whoa, you wouldn't like yeah. scream and go, oh my god, cover my eyes or whatever. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, Wolverine shows up, and I mean, it's just you know, it was like psycho, and there's like the blood splatters flying, and there's uh, the camera turning away just at the last yeah. second yeah. and stuff oh, like this. Exactly. So it was like, you know, what will the what will the people who give us our PG 13 rating allow? <laughs> right. It's like they had three or four of them on the set when they're editing going, right. no, no, you got to no. turn one second right. less than that. Yeah. So I don't know. And anyway, that was weird. Um, I ended up pretty, I think solidly at an eight. Wow. Yeah. And for, a, for a while, for a while I was, I was like seven. Yep. And the only reason, actually, that this movie gets most of what it gets, yeah, <laughs> because really, I think there's a, there's a version of this movie that's like a five, yeah, for me, and and then I ended up liking it uh, a lot more because it, it was really weird because it was all it was completely negative. It was it was stuff that wasn't there, you know, right. and ways that they didn't go and things that they didn't go that I actually gave it points for, for not, not doing those it. things yeah, all the time. But then, you know, the other like kind of caveat is that I, I didn't the ending for me was uh, like a minute and a half too long. Mm-hmm. And the ending should have happened at a different point. Yeah. And then it would have been good. And then it's actually, it might even be longer. It might even be more like three minutes or something. And then, and then you finally get the ending that you thought you were going to get before. And all of a sudden it's not nearly as good. And right. it, and it feels really yeah. goofy and you know, we'll go into that later, but, uh, but at the end, I really kind of liked it. And as long as it must be, I'm not even sure how long it is. Two hours and 24 minutes. I was really kind of into most of it and I wasn't really bored and it had enough stuff that was, as you're moving around, different things are popping up. So even when it's kind of boring, it was still interesting. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's me. It was, I agree in a lot of ways about what you said, but I'm a little lower. I'm at about six and a half. Well, I'm at six and a half. And for me, a lot of the problem with it is that some of it was expectation. You know, it, it reminded me a little bit of when Brian Singer did the Superman movie, when he did Superman Returns. Yeah. And people thought after X-Men and X2, you know, he was just, he was this guy who seemed to just understand what the narrative of people with superpowers were. Right. And how to tie those together into a story that was effective and affecting. Um and and actually had something We're else to so say. Far away. Yeah, I you know we'll we gotta <laughs> tilt it or spin it. Um, but it, it, in the end, for me, it was a little surprising to see this X Men movie, which suffered maybe from too many things that he wanted to do. Because I, I like the performances that that are in it, especially Michael Fassbender. I liked so much of his magneto stuff especially yeah he was very different and, and, and it was part cool of the film felt almost like what you were describing with wolverine in a way like that almost felt like that could have just been like a separate short movie right you know, him doing this life uh undercover and just trying to live like a normal it, it does person. it does kind of seem like um the whole 
the whole side that we're doing with him was at one point going to be a different movie. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, look, okay it works that. here. I'm okay. Cause it's actually <laughs> kind of interesting to see this, this person make these changes and, and then to see what, what happens to those around him when they force those changes. Cause he didn't want that life anymore. And, and it's interesting to see that humanity on him uh, come up again. I liked all, I liked most of the characters and what they were doing, but there was never a cohesive thing to what they were doing. So it felt so disjointed. And, and when I would see things like, okay, these scenes with Mystique and Nightcrawler, they're, they're okay. But then we cut and we see something totally different in tone with Magneto doing these things. And it just felt like, it felt like someone was trying to do a really good Brian Singer version of X-Men, except but Brian it, but Singer it wasn't, just him. wasn't him. Even though the look of it was good, it, there's just so much for me partially. And, and a bigger part of that is I think with these films, certainly the power of their story is the interpersonal stuff that happens, even in the first one, when you're really just, and it seems weird that that was like 16 years ago. That doesn't seem that long ago to me when we watched, yeah, it was, when I watched that. Right. For the first it was time. forever ago. Yeah. But even that story was about, you know, bigotry and fear and xenophobia or homophobia or any phobia um, with the other. And, and then it kind of progressed into the next story, which I think is a far better film. Um, with the interpersonal problems and fears and relationships that they had with what was happening to each other. This just felt more like a, we have an insurmountable, impossible to beat God. Right. And the world is in danger. And literally everything is being pulled up out of the ocean and the earth and everything's falling apart. And right. mass, I, my I favorite movie, I can't sit here and criticize man of steel or Batman versus Superman and accept this. It's not that I'm against the world exploding in films. That's okay. But this just felt so paint by the numbers. So pat, like, let's just make a bad guy. No one can beat. And also he's got every superhero power anyone has ever had. Right. And, you know, just on and on. And I wanted more, I wanted more stuff with the characters and less stuff with like world torture, you know, destruction kind of porn. Like I don't need to see buildings falling apart all the time. It's cool. It actually is kind of cool, but I don't, I didn't need to see it. So in the end, what I, what I found was for two hours and 20 minutes, I was mostly there. I was a little bored every once in a while, but I was mostly there, but I was really into this scene for seven minutes. And then I was kind of tuned out for four. Right. Then I was tuned out for another 11, but I was into the next one for eight. Right. Like it just felt so uneven to me. The only comfort there was seeing all the familiar faces and all the familiar roles doing new things that were kind of fun, but I think from the start, Apocalypse was the worst thing to build a film around. And I think from there, all the problems that I have with the film kind of fall into place. Like, okay, Apocalypse is the, the big baddie, and he's going he's gonna to turn the world into dust and rebuild everything. So you have Magneto ripping everything apart across the planet because his powers have been enhanced. And now I get to see the world come apart. And just, I, you know... <laughs> and, and it just... It, it didn't, wasn't interesting to me. It didn't uh, pull you in. And you know... As much as I I liked it way better than you, but for me, this is one of those where, uh, you know, even though you're not on the same side as me, yeah, you know, where we give it, give something a really high rating and then do nothing but bash on it <laughs> right. the whole time. Yeah. And that's really kind of how I feel about the movie, even though I give it a, a pretty high rating. But like I said, you know, it's, I was, I was much higher than I thought you were. I was kind of close to, I, I was, 
pretty much at seven for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, a, if this is a little bit different movie, I'd give it a five. Right. If this movie had the ability to actually see, I think Apocalypse is actually a really good person to build a movie around. Yeah. Except that's not what they did. Right. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so he's not a good person to not build a movie around. Right. <laughs> but I think that's why, like I said, I want the big comic version of this because uh, as as crazy a thing as he is in this movie, what ha- what ends up happening is he just has whatever power we want him to have right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can just have anything. And our story for that is he's just been around forever, assimilating right? like, yeah. uh, mutants for as long as we want him to, to, ha- right. to have yeah. been doing it yeah. for, you know, he was at one point he, it seems like maybe he was born at this time. Right. And then another point it's like, you know, the beginning of the human race at all. Right. And, and then, yeah. and you don't know what's going on, but, Either way, however old he is, he's got uh, apparently, you know, hundreds and hundreds of mutants that he's sucked Always. up their powers. Right. Even though he doesn't really do that exactly, right. he doesn't. He doesn't kind of do something where you would say, "Look, I can do everything at once." And they or try something. to explain it by what jumping. He, what he does is it's just whatever we need him to have right now. Right. So if somebody attacks him with you know, X, then he has yeah. Y right. because I just do. Right. <laughs> and, and I've been around forever because, yeah. uh, because it's in the script that I don't die yet. And, yeah. and you know, the odd thing about it yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. end is that, um, you know, it's one thing when you're looking back in the day and the opening, uh, scene when he, you know, gets crushed and buried and right. stuff, which actually I thought was a lot of fun. It uh, was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, and they it pulled it off. And, I actually and, wasn't wild about the characters there, but the action. No, because you don't you don't get anything there, to but it. Yeah, but it was, was kind of cool that there he yeah. had his four horsemen and yeah. they were you know whatever. But the the just look of it and that you know you only need it for a couple of minutes, so it doesn't matter. And it you know looked really cool. And but then you get to the future and we don't really do anything with right. him though, except that he's just, um, you know, Darth Vader squared or, you know, whatever. Right. He's just, he's just bad, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't, but there could have been, um, there could have actually been some really good stuff to do in that. It, it, the thing that's odd is that he actually needs his, henchmen to do the destroying of the world right if he's got every power he's got he some way to destroy the world right. can't he right. apparently he could have just turned the whole earth to sand plot problem by just thinking yeah, about it right. for a second right. because uh and then even magneto starts trying to kill him yeah which i also thought was a little weird because it's like i don't know this is the special effect we know how to do or yeah. we have this yeah. like it's already queued up in avid yeah we have so we, we have the mouse click over so, here yeah, yeah so we just have yeah. magneto throw a bunch of metal at him endlessly right. and he has the melt everything instantly defense right to having people throw metal at you yeah. but i'm like man a minute ago you were destroying the whole planet right you couldn't just have a decent like, chunk of the planet that he's well, on just fly away into space or you know like whatever he, he could magneto almost right. could do anything right. at that point and because like he could take over the whole earth i uh, might have been wrong 
because I wasn't in wardrobe, but it looked like Apocalypse had a lot of metal on them. Well, <laughs> like that outfit looked like it was right, pretty like, bedazzled. You could so just you could just, just turn that inside out. On you could just you squish it, right? You know. I, uh, anyway, it was the, the the thing that's weird though is that I like Apocalypse, and uh, you know I yeah. like I really like Oscar Isaac. I think he's. Uh, I do too. I think he's. He was good. I think he's. He did well. I think he's good, but he's a little bit wasted. Yeah, it, he is good, but he didn't have to do the kind of stuff that he could do. Like you could, he was good, but I feel like he, he could have got a lot of people to yeah. do that. Sure. And and he's better than, uh, you know, the full potential. He's better. What than what I wanted to see stuff. was some stuff where we dig into how why Apocalypse did not win. Right. It doesn't seem like he could possibly win, and. Like I said, the movie ends like three minutes too late because there's a point at which you think Jean Grey is just going to lose it. Right. Because uh, everyone's getting killed around her and she has like no hope anymore. Right. And she's like right on the brink of just going, well, screw it. Then 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 this will happen. Right. Guess what? And then that's not what they do. Right. They drag it on for, you know, a few more minutes. And then when she finally like lets go and lets Phoenix out or whatever, then it just feels a little bit like, um, I don't know, we have to win somehow. And, and it's weird that it shifts the way you feel about what's happening. Cause when she was just going to lose it because she had nothing else to do, there was no hope left. Everyone was dead and she was just going to go, well, the hell with it. Then I'll just do this. Right. It felt like that made sense as a thing to do. Yeah. But then we didn't do that. We just let it go on and on. And we had Apocalypse. We we gave Apocalypse like two more minutes of solidifying the fact that no one could ever beat him. Right. And then we, and then it just feels like, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, throwing in like really boring deus ex machina I, into yeah. the, into the, I don't know, God came up and said, don't do that. Right, you can't. And it's just, right. it, it I, just I feels all wrong all of a sudden, even though it's the exact same thing. It's just a right. couple of minutes later and how and why you do it. There's not really explanation. There's like little winks for like a second at things that end up becoming his downfall you know, his main downfall is that it, it's like a day and a half after he got resurrected, he's already right. destroying the world. Right. You expect people to like uh, not turn on you, right? <laughs> after right. you just yeah. like, hi, yeah. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna destroy everything. Yeah, and that there was some interesting stuff you could do there where somebody might actually like just See, take a breath for a minute right. from destroying stuff. And, you know, talk about exploiting the weakness of having these people that you've made stronger and given more power to that have no reason to actually stay loyal to you, except, you know, you've got to think he's been around for a thousand lifetimes or whatever. He, every time he, you know, brought somebody into the fold of being the four horsemen, he didn't give them like a half an hour before he gave them the tools to destroy him with or whatever. I mean, it's, but there's a lot of that kind of stuff with him and who he is and why he does what he does and the, you know, ridiculous, like spoiled brat twilight zone Mm -hmm. in the cornfield thing going on because really he's, you don't quite get it in the movie, but really he's just like a spoiled brat with 
apocalypse infinite power and except that he's not because that's not what we actually get anything of you just kind of have to wish it was there it's it's like it's like what you said it reminded me with the phoenix stuff and clearly they're pushing the idea that they have an option to do dark phoenix storylines you know going that way right obviously I, I wish they had just settled on one or two comic book storylines that they don't have to be too faithful to. You don't have to really give me page by page and panel by panel transitions, but it, it just felt like when I was talking about it being so disjointed, it felt like they were like, like you said, like 30 different things that they wanted to cherry pick the best moments of and throw it on the screen because maybe this is the last time Brian Singer will get the cast together. And I really want to see you have a psychic fight. You know, right, like right. when it when it jumps between the Phoenix stuff, when it jumps between the apocalyptic things, when it jumps between eventually seeing Charles Xavier in psychic combat, you know, in a mental landscape that just makes people probably think, which is strange that they may not know that the Matrix, you know, did that kind of thing. It felt it felt very Matrixy like the way they right. assembled the psychic landscape. Um you know, these are all good things that are in the comics that everyone's at some point been like, oh, we really want to see this. Or I really want to see like a psychic battle where Xavier just like runs around and right. punches people in the face. And that was fun. And I liked watching it. But I just I it, it just felt like there were so many greatest hits moments and not one narrative story that they kept pushing. And and what you brought up before you even threw out your grade, I'll, I'll watch you, Jackman, play Wolverine in anything. I right. don't care. Like even even the crappy Wolverine Origins film, I won't sit down and watch the whole thing, but I'll watch my favorite parts of it. That felt like such product placement fan service. Like like what you said, like there's so much blood, there's so much it, you know so much visceral fighting by, that it's by the like time a, it's by the time it's completely over. Yeah. That really is is one of the things that's weird is, you know, in this movie Jubilee really got cut. Good. Jubilee is technically in it. She um, but she actually has parts right. that will be on the Special Blu-ray limited. release, yeah. just like uh, right. Rogue was in All right. in the last yeah. one's special stuff, and she got mostly cut. Yeah, but it it's because they have so much stuff. Yeah. It, you know, this is really like a movie written by like committee, where yeah. every everyone has an idea, and we make all of them right. And and the whole Wolverine thing, sure, we want him to be in the thing, but we had already shot that after the movie right. segment, right? And that doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, unless we have the Wolverine thing, sure. so so they sure. go, well, we have to have a couple minutes and, of this now. And someone's like, and you know, it'll get thirty thousand people in the seats because they don't care what you know. It's right. the same thing, but it felt like it in places. It felt like an advertisement, almost like a movie trailer within a movie. Like it felt like the trailer for the R-rated Wolverine film that they're going to do that is apparently right. his last one. Right. It's, and they made it visceral and bloody and violent to maybe say like, get ready, this is a little taste. This and is going to be a different that's film. Great. Yeah. You know what? Do that. If that was the if that was the stinger, if that was the last thing we saw after the credits, I wasn't okay with that scene. Right. You know, like a flashback to somebody says, oh, what happened? We're like, we we met this crazy guy. He was really animalistic, and they do like a fly, whatever. However they do it, that's fine. The moment he runs out of the door and into the snowy woods, I keep thinking, well, that's when the credits start. Like, that's it. Right. It's all over. It just felt so weirdly out of place and, and fan service. And, and right. You know? And now we're going like to have to, we're going to see a movie later. Right. Where it starts with From him, that. with him running, running in the, doors. running in the snow in the woods. I, and it's, it's just like when we had 
Batman versus Superman, and there was like that minute a minute and a half where we just watched trailers for other movies. Other movies. Yeah. And it and it felt weird though. I enjoyed it, but it it certainly seemed out of place to me. I, I guess I said earlier I was pretty happy with most everyone. There were times where I thought Jennifer Lawrence felt not there. It yeah, almost, I, there's a, t- there's a scene. You know, I really, jet. I really didn't like her in this movie, and I, I really like her. I like her a lot, and I, I like her she, all the time. But you know what this felt like, and it's weird the way that they've got this whole time setup yeah, going on. I, I mean, around. time like doesn't make any sense anymore in these movies. It's not just that they went back right. a couple movies ago and rewrote time so that we can you know it's the same star trek thing so now we can do whatever we want because we're in a new universe right and now they've got that going on with the x-men but there's like craziness to it It, it's like time it's not only that they went back but they like broke time like magneto's had a wife and kids and life and yeah got this whole setup but you know quicksilver is younger than he was before Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even yeah. though it's in like the same story yeah. and people are like weird ages compared to how long this is supposed to be right. after the and last I, and that's movie. Okay to some extent, like the, in the comics, it's Scott Summers is the older brother and his younger brother, uh, Havoc, he brings in. And this right. way flipped. Right. I, I get that. That's okay. But some of them it is. But, but it's, so, it's some of it's very weird. And Jennifer Lawrence, for me, she felt like she filmed this like eight years ago. <laughs> Yeah, And like all of her parts had been filmed eight years ago and she had never done any of the other stuff. She hadn't been in the previous X-Men movies. She hadn't done any Hunger Game movies. Right. Like she just felt like she was. I swear. She feels, she feels more than anyone else. She feels like she was forced to make this movie and really didn't want to. In a way. Yeah. Cause she's just kind of, she's just kind of there. She comes alive at the end when it's too late. You know, she comes alive at the end when she's talking to Magneto about, like, you know, I've still got a family, and I'm going to go do something about it. Like, right. that moment is effective. Yeah, that's pretty I good. Swear, it's, the man, Quicksilver part there is a little weird. One, it is a little weird. Because it doesn't, they've the, built up the whole story to do this thing, they, and they've they got from it. They've got, like, 20 minutes in a script of a future movie right. that won't that work. work. Unless that's how this happens. They they do this stuff. There's a scene where she's on the jet when they're flying in to face Apocalypse for the first time. And she gives the rah-rah speech. You know, the Hank and I are the only ones that came back from this right. first mission. I swear to God, she could she could just forget who she was playing and just be Katniss on right. autopilot. Because <laughs> right. what she's barking out at them is commands about, like, you know, President Snow. And, you know, I, right. if she had slipped, I'd have been <laughs> right. like, what, what am I doing? Right. You know? But... It, as far it suddenly as suddenly turns into a crossover there's, movie. There's no distinct certain thing that I can really point to, except that she's not the one in my head, and it's not an impossible version of Jean Grey. But Sophie Turner is not it. Right. I, I felt if there was anything weak about the film, though, again, by the end when she actually, when she when she steps up with the Phoenix Force and goes after Apocalypse, that's different. Then I actually kind of enjoyed her. But two hours and ten at, minutes at before the that, very, very, at the very, very end of the movie, she is not too bad, I right. think. But, you know, this for me, and I, it's very hard to explain, I think, because I didn't really like her either. Um, and, you know, I'm like a big Jean Grey fan. Like right. I said, um, I really like the X-Men. And, uh, you know, the thing for me, this reminded me, like, there's really no way to explain it. But this reminded me of when you're watching, like, American Idol. Right. Yeah. And there's some like 17 year old kid 
singing some song about like right. loss and depression and, and my husband left right. me and like all this stuff. Real and, and they have absolutely no actual empirical it, like feeling. right they yeah. they have no right. idea what they're actually singing about right. they sort of you know i had a bad day once right. and i lost and, my pokemon card and so now you know? i could sing this song right. and they sing it and it's like you know that sounds good yeah. but it's like horrible it's like hollow right and right. she's the same way like she's trying to play uh gene gray and she's like so what she has like headaches a lot or something i mean like she's got a bad dream yeah, yeah. she's like There's, yeah i'm i'm troubled it's not even just like it's not even that Fonky jensen was the perfect jean gray she she wasn't but she could put something behind the performance that that i believed she had tortured feelings for scott and wolverine that she was loyal to these things that she couldn't take this dangerous chance with one because she right. hurt the other i got all that cuz it was communicated it was acted Right, and this is not to say that Sophie is is a bad actress. I, I don't I don't watch her on Game of Thrones, so I don't know. I guess she's yeah, good. she's okay. You know, she's okay. But I just think that again, this is, and I have another like mini ingredient for why the film kind of sucks in in ways that it never needed to, and when Brian Singer is at the helm, it never should. But it's almost like someone just said, Game of Thrones is huge. And we're going to get people right. who watch that. We got to have somebody from the show in here. Right. And it just, you know, again, I'm not bashing her because she's not absolutely horrid. It's not like Polly Shore is Jean Grey. Right. But it certainly isn't just the aesthetic. And it is mostly just the conveyance of, of what's happening. She just doesn't get it. Right. And maybe that's because she never read the comics, which is fine. She should have to do the film. You know, she should have had an understanding of what was happening. I just felt like she hit her marks. She had red hair and she was young enough and popular enough. Right. You know? And, you know, that's a weird thing, too, with trying to get young enough people. And then and then you realize you have to get young enough people who if they're going to do a lot of the stuff that you're asking them to do. Yeah, it's it's crazy, which which is sort of, you know, I feel like it's weird because I can think of a bunch of movies where right. young people had to do serious stuff. Right. And they did it great. And they did right? it way beyond. what, Yeah. But that is like the exception that proves the rule. You know, I yeah. mean, it is not something that happens often and it's like like room. room. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, that kid was amazing. Well, actually, both of them. They are because she's not uh, terribly old. I would have loved both to of have them. Seen her as Jean Grey. Both of them are bizarrely good yeah. at what they need to do in that movie. Yeah. And but like I said, it's the exception that proves the rule. Most right. of the time, yeah. you cannot you cannot ask people who have no <laughs> personal experience to draw from. Yeah to kind of have these things you can't have, especially, you know, actors, unfortunately are not, you know, they don't pull a lot of actors from, yeah, right. from like horrible lives right. where, right. where they might have had like some really bad days really bad and yeah. say, you Remember know, what, what's kind <laughs> yeah. of interesting too is um, you have to have it in this same movie, right. Where you have to have a scene where Charles Xavier has to sell the fact Right. That he's going to at least cripple for right. a while, right. um, uh, apocalypse, yeah. with just all the pain that he feels. Right. And he has actually done a pretty good job. Yeah. I don't know that he's done 
a great job or like an absolutely world-class job, but he has done a really good job being able to sell the fact that I can feel everyone's pain. Right. And, and that is a whole other person that you suddenly become. You think it's really fun and exciting to be able to read people's thoughts, right? Right. Well, guess guess what? And, and yeah, you've got some other people that pop up, like especially her where, you know, she's saying the lines, she's making Mm -hmm. the face, but it's hard to believe her. It is. And, and she just, and then it just doesn't sell. If I do all the heavy lifting for your performance, you're not the right actor or actress for that shot. Right. And, and I don't know that it's just me or just uh, like, I just didn't think that, again, she's not the reason it fell stars, but it, you know, she's not the reason it got any stars either. It just didn't, it just didn't seem to be. No, she, she really isn't. Real quick too, the last, the last complaint that legitimately took, if not a full star, definitely a half star. One single thing. It is statistically proven. You can look back on this and this won't make any friends of the comic book fans that are out there. And I actually know you love this, which saddens me, but any X-Men film that Brian Singer has done that was great. Didn't have Stanley in it. Stanley sucks. You mean and in, when the, he in has his a cameo, cameo? In his cameo, yeah. films that I, have no I, cameo by I him like, are exponentially so much better. And I was so bummed that Brian Singer bent and kowtowed and right. let him do whatever he wanted because he didn't have him in any of the other films. I, I think Brian Singer was in a different contractual obligation. I think you're right. This uh, isn't even a, point a joke. I bet uh, you're right. Of this one when he made this because, you know, we are – kind of saying a lot of things about how the movie is overall and Brian yeah. Singer shouldn't have done that. Right. right. And mm-hmm. I don't know that he had the kind of control maybe that he had with like, especially the first one, the first one was right. such a gamble. The yeah. first one was way back when you had no idea if this was going to do anything. Superhero films were horrible. And, before you, and you had Brian Singer going, look, let me do, right, let me do it. What I'm going to do. Right. And I'll, make a good movie and that movie feels like a movie that's made by a director who had a lot of control right this movie whether you like it or don't like it it doesn't feel like a movie like i said this feels like a movie made by committee yeah it does this is a movie that's made by uh lots of people are getting lots of stuff out of it Mm -hmm. you know it's we're selling other movies and we're uh, we want all these different plot steps to happen and we've got a uh, plan for a movie that comes out in, you know, seven years that we're going to connect back to this one thing. So even if that seems stupid yeah. or doesn't make a lot of sense and there are, you know, there are a lot of things in the movie that just to be nitpicky are kind of, you know, seem a little odd, like for one thing, just electrifying shit. Right. Is the end of all. <laughs> right. I mean, somewhere there is a guy that, was behind an electric field and you know charles xavier could read his mind anyway right but now all of a sudden we're gonna have to change that and retroactively explain but it's 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 such a weird thing because it's like we need them to get captured Mm -hmm. because we need them to get to the thing where they see wolverine right so how are we going to capture them and they capture them apparently you can do it in like five seconds right. <laughs> and, and like Boom. a stun yeah. gun. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, 
where's yeah. that guy with that weird gun when Apocalypse is right. yeah, kicking, it, kicking everybody's yeah, ass? He's got the magic sleep ray. Right, yeah. Because we need to, and there's so much of this movie that feels like that. Like, we have to have this yeah. part at this point. So, I don't know, get him there. Right. And, right. and you have to do whatever you have to do. And then, uh, you know, we can teleport into the thing. But, oh, wait, they closed the door and turned on the electric field. Right. And now no one can do anything. Right. I mean... That guy's important. Like, couldn't couldn't uh, Summers take off his glasses right. and like Punch you can't it. blow a hole through something if it's right. electrified? I mean, it's just like we're we're playing so really loosey goosey with what right. makes any sense to anything. There's no like I say this all the time, but there should be at least one guy on like every movie set. Like when you have Cyclops, right? Right. There should be a guy who just walks around while they're filming, trying to think, well, what would you do if you were Cyclops right now? Right. And not what's in the script right. and what will get me well, to I the would, next point. I would blast through that. Be like, yeah, right. Okay, that's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay, we need to adjust something <laughs> that. so yeah. that it makes sense we got to knock him out, you know? We've got to... So. And, you know, like I said before yeah. this movie came out, we need to have some story in this movie about why Rogue is not here. Right. And if we've got changes everything, if we've got virtually every X Men X Man that's ever shown up popping up in here somewhere, then somebody's got to when they have their big plane go. You know, I know this girl. Right. Uh, We could probably check. (laughs) And if Nightcrawler just uh, teleports her next to Apocalypse, that that it's all over. I'm sure Magneto can get a beam into him. (laughs) Right. Right. Anyway. and you know it's it's funny too because everything has to be so much the way we want stuff to happen. We want yeah. to have this psychic fight. Right. That means uh, they have to really lose for a while, and uh, Xavier's about to get taken over. Yeah. But that still is kind of a weird feeling thing too, where you know you just woke up. Like I said, you know, take like a week before you destroy the whole world, right? right. I mean, right. get your strength get, up. Get, 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 do some calisthenics. Get your, get right. your win, exactly. You know? Like have a cup of coffee. Gonna, <laughs> you're going to be up a while. Right. right. Do, kind of a big do something. But right. now all of a sudden he's got to put himself in this, uh, you know, totally, I guess, like vulnerable place right. that just did not work out for him. Right. I mean, for him, it's like 12 hours ago that he just got screwed by this. <laughs> right. Now all of a sudden <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna jump right yeah, back right. into he's it, right in. where he's uh, he's yeah. totally vulnerable and he has these people who he just met that he goes protect me. Guess what? Yeah. I mean, except that, but we have to have that happen so right. that we can have our crazy fight in the house of yeah. the mind or yeah, whatever. Right. And then I don't know. So, you know. Uh, so just talking with you about it and listening to you. So see how much I hate it. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, like it's, it's just, it's a little frustrating because what for like me, like you rather, I also X-Men was the one, it was the only comic that if it was out, I bought and I bought it all the time. And I read it all the time through childhood and then teenager and young adult years. And, and it was the one thing that always had me there. So I expect a bit of it. And I also will forgive a lot for it. Right. It's it's so it's so nice to just see it done well versus some really horrible film. And and like what you were saying before, when this came out in 2000, when X-Men came out in 2000, Brian Singer just like blew everybody away, showing people that a story with people in spandex could actually be thoughtful and engaging and interesting and like kind of 
socially important. It was right. all these things. And it, especially and it especially if you so, take the first two together. Right. And I think the second one is by far an incredible improvement on the first. But, and this actually is my point, it, it really stings a bit because it seems like the one guy who should have known the importance of that is Brian Singer. Right. He, he interwove like these things. Because, he's, because he's done it. And he's done it twice and he did it better than he did the first time. So he's improving on it. Man, it just sucks because Civil War shows that what you do with a film like this when you lose your way is you just lose your way. Because what is important about Civil War that would have been really great here, and we said this when we reviewed it, is the culmination of caring about these characters for several years now. We've seen Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Right. We've watched these people, and it's not new characters. It's the same characters who've progressed to a conflict. And we care about them because we care about those characters. I don't care if it's James McAvoy or Jean-Luc Picard. I, right. I, I love Professor X. I love Wolverine. I love all the X-Men. And I care more about their interpersonal problems and their feuds than I do about the bad guy of the week. Right. The mistake here is not realizing that the real conflicts doesn't have to always be with the team fighting itself, but that it should be more about the interpersonal stuff because we care about the characters by now. 16 years later, that's a long running franchise. I mean, we're getting into James Bond here. Right. You know, we're getting into uh, these things. Right. Now at, we have an at this investment point, at this as point, an audience that at, you have to capitalize on. At this point, don't, I don't need the world to be destroyed every right. time I see them again. I need to worry right. about my family coming apart, right. which is why Civil War works in more ways than this could hope to because the adversary isn't a god. Right. You know, it's themselves. And it didn't have to be a Civil War thing, though there are plenty of X Men stories where there is infighting and disagreement and they just get split up. But this really suffers from somebody, at, you know, who didn't realize that. And I think you're right. By committee, they were just like, hey, remember an issue 212 when there was a psychic fight? We can slide that in because, right. we can do, you know, everybody got their cooks in the kitchen thing in. And, 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 and we want to and we want to have a big Jean Grey thing. It really and, sucks, you know, and then it, it's even worse. Right. Because, like I said, you know, they had they basically cut Jubilee completely out of the movie. Right. But at some point, someone was like. Hey man, let's have more Jubilee. Okay, right. film that. And and then, you know, there's probably 10 other things that got cut too because everyone was just throwing everything right. in. Right. And then we had to make a movie out of all that, of that whatever, right. Right. right? And then this is what you get. And the weird thing, especially if you look back at the first two movies, the weird thing is like I keep saying, you know, there's there's only so much that you can do in a movie when you're going to take it and make it into a movie. It can't be like, you know, that one span of time where there were like three comics in a row and absolutely nothing happened. You can't really like film that and go, we're going to make that a movie now. Right. But when you're reading comics, you know, every month the world isn't about to die. Right. Right. Every single episode, every single comic that comes out, every single next episodic whatever that all ties together. It's not always about everyone dying. And the guy who made the first two movies was the guy who really was trying to tell you what comic books are like. Right. Sometimes it's just Wolverine and, you know, whoever happens to be up late at night in the mansion, wandering right. around, talking Love those about whatever, right? Yeah. And you don't have to do that in every movie, right? You have to do something. Yeah. You have to, you know? Right. And when you... uh when you have like a minute or a minute and a half of having Caliban show up 
so that we can oh, find yeah. Psylocke. That's still kind of cool, right? but it's not like a replacement. It doesn't actually fill that gap just because you get to have Caliban talk for a right. while and have everyone in the theater go, who the hell's that guy? Right. And now everyone gets to Google him and try right. and figure yeah, out right. what's going yeah. on. Right. But that does not take the place of actually having, you know, Mystique have like a real conversation with somebody right. or, you know, right. whoever it is. Yeah. You've got to have you, – you can't build a movie on uh, we have 10 times too much stuff. Right. And so we're going to throw everything in. Right. And basically every, every time somebody says more than one sentence at a time, we have to cut that. Yeah. You know, and you even have, you even have Beast who – the movie version of Beast is actually totally useless. Yeah. Like, and has this been, one. has this, been yeah. really forever. I mean, I Beast like doesn't the, really do yeah, anything. Right. He doesn't really get a chance. Yeah. It's like nobody involved with putting him in the movie really likes him right. or wants him to be right. there. It's just that Stan Lee still has enough control to go. He's one of the original X-Men. <laughs> you, you have to show him. Yeah. See, and the thing is, I like Stan Lee. I don't like Stan Lee popping up in his movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, like I, that either. I, I don't have anything against him. I do. <laughs> what he did? We don't have enough time. Just, he just wants to be in his movie, and that's a, enough. No, he's a credit-stealing, non-reciprocating egomaniac who takes too much pride in removing people from the history of the stuff that he got help with. He, the history of Stanley, everyone well, thinks okay. he's Stan the man and he's great. Cause he's this harmless 80 pound, you know, guy with a 15 pound mustache. And he, he looks harmless <laughs> and sounds harmless and he's, ah, oh, shucks. He's great. He's, he's a backstabber. He's a plagiarist. Like he's, he's all of these things when people learn about like the history of the comics and how he stole from Jack Kirby and never gave credit. I mean, he's just, he's a bad guy. Okay. <laughs> and, and on that note, there you go. Um, so, but I, I have to say something positive about the movie probably before we have to go and we're uh, running out we're of time really. Close. But even for all of the stuff that I didn't like about it, I did like Almost yeah. everything that happened, what did I, but the, the thing that's weird about it is, and I think I just said this like a couple of weeks ago, like I liked this movie so much, but like scene by scene, right. you know, like if I could just right. watch that scene and yeah. go, that was a good was scene. Good. Let's watch the next one. And then there yeah. were a couple times in this movie where I, I kind of like raised my eyebrows and said, what the hell's going on? Right. Like, you know, the guy shows up and just puts everyone to sleep. I'm like, right. well, so we solved, we made that gun and solved the mutant problem. Like yeah. no one's scared of anything anymore because nothing else matters. That was really goofy. And it felt so forced that we had to get them into that scene. Right. Just so they could be trapped in there. And, you know, there was a lot of it that was just really goofy when we just kept making Apocalypse more and more indestructible because we had all these other people who were indestructible. Right. Like we had all of these people and it's there is kind of a weird progression that sort of happens to X-Men powers because that's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. But you start watching this movie and you don't know everything about the X-Men and you're not kind of maybe familiar with how everything works. And then all of a sudden Quicksilver starts beating up apocalypse and you go, well, now the movie's over Yeah, because he actually can't actually, stop that from happening. Right. Except wait a minute. Right. He's got to adapt. And he's got some other power. Yeah. What power is that? Yeah. He's got the power of, 
uh, you know, he's got I I win slow mo. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he's I win. He's got like yeah. like somewhere in the past there was just a magic you know right mutant who mutant just, was like i'm never going to the world <laughs> right. i win except somehow he got taken over right. i don't know but right. yeah but they just keep popping this stuff up and like i said it's like he he has what do we need for him to win right well pretend there was some other mutant that he has that power too right and then how do you destroy him at the end which what I think is really funny about this, and this is like a really crazy like tangent of nitpickiness, but at the end, at some point he, um, at some point he wins, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point he's just winning everything and can't lose, right? And then when he doesn't win, no one in the audience understands why he doesn't win, right? Nothing, nothing happens that means anything to you unless you really know the x-men and know phoenix and know why phoenix wins right except that um there's like a really bright light and then you lose right. <laughs> and, then, right. and that could even defeat apocalypse but it doesn't make any sense and no one talks about it right and we don't know anything about phoenix yet from the movies we just have kind of vaguely heard this story right but we right. don't really know what's going on and we don't know why it is that so Apocalypse is absolutely indestructible, apparently, because we've tried to kill him in, you know, thousands of different ways already. And he's more or less shrugged it off. Right. And he's even got the uh, he's even got the power basically of, you know, he needs Charles Xavier because Charles Xavier is the best at this that there's ever been. And plus, he makes him more powerful, but he can still defeat him at his own game. Right. right. Which doesn't make any sense. No. And uh, so he can just do anything. And then at the end, Phoenix wins. And I can't really figure out how you're supposed, what are you supposed to get out of that? If all you know is the movies and you don't really know, how does it make sense that Phoenix wins yeah. from a movie perspective? Right. A, a big bird shows up and is really bright right. and fire. All, all of a sudden you lose, you know, they Trump, I win. And <laughs> I don't, I mean, it, it. it's just, and, yeah. and it does make sense. Yeah. It really yeah. right. But not in the movie world right. of what's going on. I mean it, it still could I mean it still does make sense in the movie world. It's just that there's no way for you to understand it really. Yeah. There's no you don't have a story it assumes, about it. It assumes you've read the comics and bases, you know, and that's lobby too. Right, but that is Right, you know. know the opposite of everything else that's ever happened in the movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it, it because that's one of the good things about it is that it doesn't really. I right. mean, it, it, there are certain little there are hints, points not, where it right. does kind of you have to know that Iceman is a thing, right, or yeah. you know whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't really go along pretending that you already know everything and you've already read the book, and mm-hmm. so we don't have to explain things. It, it like hasn't really done that, except all of a sudden you get to the end of this movie and it's just um, there you go. So now, what's going to be the the thing that could ever possibly stand up against Jean Grey in right. the future if all you've ever seen is the movies and you don't really know what's going on? Right. Anyway. Uh, but for all of that, and we've you know gone over time already, and we need to get out of here. But for all of that. Like I said, there were a couple of scenes where I was kind of like, eh, this, that's not fun. And, right. and that's annoying or whatever. Yeah. But like scene by scene, I, you know, I liked everything that happened and I liked almost everyone in it too. 
I yeah. thought uh, was doing a really good job. It almost made me wish that like Quicksilver would just get his own movie. He's really fun because in, that in role. both yeah. of the in both of the movies that he has popped up and had like crazy awesome yeah, scenes. They totally been, in the last movie that scene was just bonkers. In the days of future past, where and in yeah. and in this one he's like saving everyone from the explosion, Great. and it was it was really cool. He looks like he's having just so much fun in the character because the character is having so much because fun. Because the ca- character is crazy, you know? right? Well, I mean, Brian Singer has one more definite. I think I think he did a two-picture X-Men deal, right? So he's doing the next one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he can, because I think you're right. Maybe he can rest away whatever control he needs and make uh, make and a Brian Singer X-Men film again. I saw something a couple days ago too that uh, his his theory, or I guess what he wants his theory to be, maybe it's not quite his theory yet, is that he wants to have the whole original cast original back stack. for the next one. Yeah. Where I guess we're sort of catching back up in time. Maybe. It's, maybe he wants to redo maybe, <laughs> You know, whatever. I, it, it sucks that he went to Superman Returns and that, you know, everybody else proceeded on without him. And that's, that's the business. But it would have been really great, speaking of alternate timelines, to have seen his third X-Men movie. To see what he really would have done after X2 right. when he had the time. Right. You know, and maybe we'll see that now. I, I don't know. Everything's kind of progressed and weird, but... But it would be really nice to see Brian Singer do another X-Men film the way he did the first two. Yeah, no more I don't like know. This one, but. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. It's, it's, weird. it's weird now that uh, all the superhero and Marvel films are so huge yeah. that uh, – and we've got plans for the next 20 years or something of all the, all the things that are going to come out. Yeah. And now has it gotten to the point where they're so big now that they're not going to ever be good anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I, like I would have I would have thought so, but I still think Civil War showed that it could that it could do it. I think you just need a good story. You got all the participants there, and they're talented. I still think I still think story. that Civil War, even though you liked it way more than I did, I, I did. still think that Civil War has a bunch of red flags in it for the future. Like there, I think there are a I lot of things in that. Civil War that should make people wary of sure. what they're how that is going to progress to the next level yeah. when, we'll when we keep going, if we keep going the same direction, even if you think civil war worked, it's like, but Something you know, we keep going. Is it just going to be like There's this? Stuff there, yeah. Anyway, I worry more about our own future next week. I think we got to do teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. No, we don't. No, do we, I, I think don't, we do. We don't have to. Well, we don't have to do anything, but I think if we do something, I think that's, yeah, good. it probably is. Uh, that anyway, yeah, we've gone way over already, and uh, so if you're listening, next week, uh, catch us on Periscope. We will probably right. actually have a little bit more uh, technical savvy on what we're doing now that we've had our, our right. trial run at it. Right. So if you tune in, make sure, uh, try and catch us on Periscope while we're doing it live. And uh, as always, you know, share, uh, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Yeah. Thanks. Bye.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.